I wasn't having any Braxton Hicks around 36 and then I got to 37 and still nothing. Um, and my midwife at that point just said, you know, watch, you're going to carry this baby over. And she was like, don't be getting antsy if you do. And I'm, I'm a mama that was very thankful to go as far as I would, I would tell everybody like, you know, I'll be happy if I hit 41 weeks, like it won't, it won't bother me. Welcome to the happy home birth podcast your source for positive, natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. If you've had your baby at or after your due date, how did you feel? Tired? Ready? Frustrated that it was taking so long? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 119 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco. And Taylor? Well, she was thrilled to carry her baby as long as she did. After experiencing several preterm births, she loved every moment of her longer seventh pregnancy. This birth story is so lovely, I cannot wait to share it. Before we jump in, may I ask you a favor? If you're on Facebook, can you run check and see if you're following Happy Home Birth Podcast? We're growing and excited to get our resources in front of more and more mothers. So help us out by clicking like and maybe even sharing with your friends. Okay, let's get to the good stuff. Please remember that the opinions of my guests may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa. And neither one of us are medical professionals. So continue to see your doctor, your midwife, or if you're like me, your chiropractor. Taylor, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Yeah, it's great to be here. I'm so happy to have you. Would you mind just taking a minute to start by introducing yourself to the listeners? I'm Taylor, and we have seven um, children from the ages of 11 down to four months, and I'm a stay-at-home homeschooling mom, and um, we live in Tennessee, and I think that about covers it. I love it. I love big families. So I would love to actually just start by asking, did you know that you plan to have a big family when you and your husband started having kids or did that kind of evolve over time? Um, we had talked about it and always wanted to leave um, the number of children that we had up to the Lord. But I think when we first started out before we were married and we talked about it, my husband asked how many children I'd like to have someday. And I always said, I'd like seven. Mm. And his eyes got real big and he said, oh, well, I was thinking more like two or three. <laughs> and so um, we just kind of prayed about it and talked about it. And as we started having children, uh, my husband one day just looked at me and he said, you know, I'm good with leaving the number up to the Lord. I love children. So we just, we really have a heart for children. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. It's funny. I, I've probably told this on the podcast a number of times, but when my husband and I started having children, I always, well, before I was kind of into the home birth world, I thought, Oh, I'll have, you know, like two kids. That's, that's the normal number of children. And then when you're exposed to the home birth families, it's like, there's such big families. A lot of the time it's like, Oh, it's not even, it's not even a big family until you have at least four kids. And so I got to the point where when we would talk about the number of kids we'd have, I'd be like, Oh, I want six. 
six and Thomas wants three. So we'll probably compromise and have six, you know? Oh, yes. <laughs> then we actually started having children and now I'm like, okay, let's, we'll slow down. We'll take it one at a time. <laughs> oh, yes. And that's what I tell everybody. They always say, do you want more? And I say, well, we just take it one at a time and we see how, how we do and how everything goes. And uh, my husband does joke with his uh, clients and stuff like, oh yeah, my wife wanted seven. And I wanted two. So we compromised and have seven. <laughs> Love it. So. <laughs> That's so cute. So, okay. So you said that this was your fourth home birth. So you had three other births. Then what made you decide to transition into the home birth world? Um, we actually, with our third, we had started to, um, we follow, started following mama natural mm-hmm. and reading a lot of her stuff. And then I started to get interested in home birth. Um, and my husband started to get interested right along with me. We had, um, transitioned from being more of like the traditional minded people of, you know, hospitals and everything. And then we started living healthier. And we were like, Oh, well, a home birth sounds just like it would be amazing. Um, with our third, it, it didn't work out for us. Um, we lived in a very small town. Um, and so it wasn't an option. There were no home, home birth midwives within like two or three hours. So that wasn't an option, but when it became an option, that was what we went with. Mm, got it. That makes so much sense. And so did you guys, you moved between, uh, those babies, Yes, we have moved several times. And so um, two of our home birth babies were born in Georgia and the last two have been born in Tennessee. Okay, awesome. So let's talk about this most recent birth. I would love to hear, uh, you know, how this pregnancy went, especially when you've got six other kiddos. Um, what was it like, or what is it like for experience being pregnant and also doing the homeschooling and, you know, caring for the house and for all of your children? What is that experience like? Um, it was, it was challenging at first. I, deal with, um, hyperemesis gravidarium oh, gosh. Um, during my pregnancies. So the first about 25 to 28 weeks, I am very, very sick. Um, so I'm thankful that I have some older children who can now help out a little bit. Um, but we just did our best during those first few months. Um, I spent a lot of time. There was a couple months where I could barely lift my head off the couch. Um, so my husband would help out as much as he could when he was home from work. And then, um, we just kind of went into survival mode or so we called it. My husband would do a lot of the homeschooling in the evenings and we would just, we would do some educational, um, videos and stuff during the day. So that way the kids could be occupied too. And I just contained everybody in the living room and I would lay on the couch and we would listen to audiobooks um, and do what we could until my husband would get home from work and take over. So that was tough. But the rest of my pregnancy, um, being pregnant in the middle of this pandemic that we've been in was interesting because this was the first time my husband couldn't come to any um, visits with me. He couldn't go. I had to have a couple ultrasounds due to concerns and he couldn't go to any of that. And um, so that was unique. But as far as health of pregnancy, once I got past the sickness way later, um, I just, I felt amazing. And I kept in line with my supplements and really focused on that and my water intake and just really focused on my health for the health of 
our baby. And, um, this was the longest time that I've stayed pregnant. I didn't have him until 39 weeks and four days. Wow. The longest time you've stayed pregnant. So did you, with your previous pregnancies, how far do you typically go? Um, all of my babies before, um, before my first two home births were at 36 and 37 weeks. Wow. And then my next, um, my last home birth, the home birth midwife that I've worked with for these past two pregnancies really focused a lot on my nutrition. Okay. She did a lot of lab work because she suspected the reason that my body was always going early was that I was deficient sure. in some things um, that had never been tested before. And so I had to really up my protein intake a lot um, and really focus on some other supplements. And so my pregnancy number six, I went until 38 and six. So that was my furthest. And then with this little guy, I went to 39 and four. Wow. And so you feel like the, those nutritional supplements increasing your protein specifically really, I mean, it looks like it made a really clear impact on, on that experience and the ability to continue on with pregnancy longer. Yes, it definitely did. It, um, I didn't being this being my seventh baby. Um, I had some contractions like early on Braxton Hicks that, you know, when you're pregnant and you start having them earlier, you get a little bit concerned, especially if you've had babies early before. Right. Um, so I did have moments of those concerns, but they always settled down. It was mostly when I was doing something or overdoing it. Um, and then when it came time the last month or so, I hardly had a single contraction. And so I could tell that my body was, um, was healthier for sure. Oh, that is so interesting. Yes. I hardly had any contractions the last month. In fact, when I was 39 weeks, um, and like a day or two, we went to a big pumpkin patch here. I mean, a massive farm and we must've walked probably well over five miles that day and just walked and walked and walked and walked. And I thought for sure, I was like, Oh, well maybe this will stir up labor. Nothing not a single contraction the entire time. <laughs> hey mamas, let me interrupt for a few quick moments to share some great news. I have a free class waiting for you. Home birth myth busters, the five myths you need to bust to have a happy home birth. It's my free gift to all of you who are considering home birth, planning your 15th home birth, or are just curious to know more about what this is all about. Head to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash mythbusters to select a time that works for you and get started. You'll gain access to not only this incredible free masterclass, but you'll also be given access to sign up for Happy Homebirth Academy and an incredible bonus stack of resources. So wait no longer. Head to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash mythbusters and reserve your seat today. Okay, back to our interview with Taylor. Very impressive. <laughs> so interesting. You know, the other thing that I'm thinking of is like with those earlier pregnancies and the fact that you were dealing with hyperemesis gravidum, it's like, geez, that's a huge percentage of your gestation not feeling well. That yes. stinks. Yes, it is. It feels like forever at the time. There, that's that's a feeling that you just never forget. Like I can mm. still sit here and think about it, and my stomach will get queasy. I can yeah. feel that nausea. 
we'll, we'll so. try not to talk about it too much. <laughs> but I do love your savviness with the idea of like, okay, let's do some audio books, you know, let's do, let's do what we can. And then uh, I, I just like the way that you kind of were able to make the homeschooling work, even in, you know, that very, very exhausted state. And the fact that you mentioned, like, you know, now you've got these older kids, I do feel like, and I have some friends that have, I've got one friend that's working on number seven right now. And it does seem like once you get to a certain point, (laughs) when those older kids do get older, it's like, okay, now having more kids is starting to balance out and we're going on the easier side of things, you know? Yes. Yes. Because if there was something that like absolutely had to get done, then I could call on my oldest and say, can you help with this? Do you think you could manage this? And she was usually able to help. Like she could make sandwiches for lunch or she could um, make a pot of oatmeal for breakfast. Very nice. Okay. Well, so I'd love to hear you said, you already mentioned that we've got uh, no Braxton Hicks this last month. Um, your pregnancy goes longer. What were your last you know, few weeks of pregnancy like, and then leading into your labor? What was that experience? Yes. Um, I'm always just super happy to get to, um, 37 weeks and be considered term, um, just because of the past, not making it to 37. Um, and so once I got there that I didn't, I wasn't having any Braxton Hicks around 36 and then I got to 37 and still nothing. Um, and my midwife at that point just said, you know, watch, you're going to carry this baby over. And she was like, don't be getting antsy if you do. And I'm, I'm a mama that was very thankful to go as far as I would. I would tell everybody like, you know, I'll be happy if I hit 41 weeks, like it won't, it won't bother me. So, um, I felt great. I had energy. We went on a lot of hikes. Um, I made sure that I stayed up on my chiropractic care. I was going at least once a week, um, to our amazing chiropractor. And that really helped me to feel better. I did deal with some, was dealing with some back and hip pain, um, that wasn't being relieved at the chiropractor. And so I went for a prenatal massage, um, with my midwife's sister, who's actually a massage therapist. And so I went for that and I didn't realize it at the time, but I knew I felt better afterwards. But then I went to visit some friends with our other kids. Um, and we walked several miles the day that I went and we met at a state park and we walked miles. And I told my husband on my way home, I was like, I just walked that whole time and never had a contraction, never felt any pain. I mean, I just felt amazing. So I highly recommend that if anybody deals with any pain. Yes. I love the fact that there are so many modalities, you know, you can do the chiropractor, you can do acupuncture, you can do prenatal massage and how all of these things can really work together in such a lovely way. And if, if one thing isn't working, there's probably another form of body work that is going to work. Yes. Yes. And I think it's just listening to your body and knowing what your body needs at that time. Um, I made sure that I really took magnesium seriously throughout my pregnancy. Yes, and yes. so I think that that really warded off a lot of um, aches and pains and mus- muscle tension and everything. Right. Oh gosh. I'm a huge fan of magnesium. That's, I feel like yes. that's one supplement that like if I forget it, I will notice a difference. You know, it's a very clear picture. Yes. I had always dealt with, um, horrible, horrible round ligament pain 
um, in my other pregnancies and was always just told, oh, well, there's nothing you can do about it. It's just your body stretching. And I noticed that my last two pregnancies with consistently taking magnesium only once or twice would I have some, some pain and it would only be for a short, I'm talking like a few minutes at a time when, you know, maybe I stretched too far or something. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that sounds like a great recipe for (laughs) for (laughs) labor. And so what was it that made you, or that tipped you off into like, okay, I actually maybe, you know, I may be getting into labor sometime soon. Um, I started to have some cramps and, um, I just, I don't know, I guess it was just that intuition feeling that you get to where I was like, I wonder if this is what it is. Cause I had, I hadn't had any, um, cramping like that since the very beginning of pregnancy. And so it was similar to like period cramps. And so I started to cramp and my oldest daughter was like, Oh, well, can I paint your toenails? And I was like, sure, sure. That'd be a good way to keep my mind off of it. And she was in the middle of painting my toenails. And that's when I was like, okay, I think this may be starting. Um, so I text my midwife and she had said, have you been to the bathroom at all? So I was like, no, but I do need to go. So I went and used the bathroom and I started to have, um, started to lose the plug. And so I was like, you know, I think it definitely could be. So it started to just progress from there. Okay. Yeah. So, so this was at, was this at 39 and five or did you have a, did your labor span a few days? This was at 39 and three, 39 and three. Okay. So, all right. So then what, what transpired? How did this all go down? Um, the cramping started to increase. And so, um, my midwife asked if I wanted her to come over and I said that, you know, I didn't want her to waste the trip in case it wasn't true labor. And she, she only lives about 30 minutes from me. So she said, you know, I'd rather come over and it be a false alarm than not get there in time thinking this is baby number seven. And I had been taking the gentle birth tincture and, um, eating some dates and trying to, you know, hopefully have a short labor. And so, um, she was like, I'm going to head over and get the assistant and then we'll head your way. So, um, that was, that was that. And when she got here, it had been about an hour. And so she asked me if I wanted her to check me. And I said, you know, I guess we'll just see where things are. And she checked and she said, Oh yeah, you're, you're seven centimeters. So then we thought it was going to go very quick and didn't expect that we were in for quite the long haul. Were your other births a certain length or did they vary? Um, I guess I should have known. (laughs) I tend to have longer births. Um, it's, I guess it's just my body's way that it processes. Um, but I have had one birth that was under two hours. That was my second number and my water. Yes. My second baby and my water broke, um, in the middle of an ice and snowstorm. And he was, he was very early. He was six weeks early. So my water broke and we barely made it to the hospital. Oh my goodness. That is, that is a very dramatic (laughs) story. So other than him, um, the rest of my births have been longer births. So this was just the same. So, so your midwife checks you, what goes on during this, you know, expectation of a quick event turned into a bit longer? Um, I think it was 
they kept saying it was going to go quick. And then, um, you know, we didn't do any more checks after that. It was just like, let us know what you're feeling. And I just thought, okay, my body's processing labor. Great. You know, this isn't, I can work through this. Um, the contractions were definitely strong the entire time. Um, but it was manageable. And so I was just walking and I think it dawned on me when I thought, okay, we're going to have this baby tonight while all the kids are in bed. We had just gotten them to bed right before my midwife got there. And I was like, we're going to have the baby and they'll wake up and their new sibling will be there. And then it dawned on me at about five o'clock in the morning that my kids wake up by six. So I was like, there is no way that this baby's going to be here before the kids wake up. Um, and so at that point I had been all night at like seven to eight centimeters. And so it was just the contractions had gotten stronger and the way my body seems to process for me personally is that when my water breaks, the baby comes right away. Um, that's just, I don't know if it's just unique to me, but that's what happens for me. Um, and so my midwife was trying to see if she felt comfortable enough to break my water because we typically don't like to do those things. Um, but she had said, you know, we may need to go that route, but she just, he was not lining his head up. He still had it turned somewhat sideways. Mm -hmm. And so, um, she just didn't feel comfortable and I didn't feel comfortable with it. So I'm, I'm thankful for a wise midwife, um, who knew what she was doing and wanted to protect me at the same time and protect the baby. Um, so we just kept laboring and we tried, did so many different maneuvers um, on the sides of the birth pool and upside down and just the different rebozo um, methods. And it, I think it was, a, I don't know what time it was because after about five or six o'clock when the kids woke up, I really lost track of time then. Um, but I remember going, we had a doula this time, which was a godsend. I'd never had a doula before. And I mean, I, I'm just so thankful that we did. I don't know if I would have made it through labor before <laughs> without that. Um, my husband's amazing, but the doula really just helped keep focus. And she said, you know, why don't we just go back to the room to your quiet and do the rebozo again? And so we did that. And I just, I came to a point where I just broke down and I just cried. And I just said, I, I don't know that I can do this anymore. I said, I'm calling out to God to help me. And I feel like he's not helping me. I was like, I need I don't know what I can do. And I feel at that point, a lot of fear released. There was a lot of fear in me for the baby's health. Um, we had a point, the whole first eight or nine weeks was back and forth to the midwife and for a couple ultrasounds thinking that I had miscarried and then thinking that it was an ectopic pregnancy and just a bunch of scares. And then we had a scary anatomy scan where, um, they couldn't visualize his stomach. And so then we had to wait to get another scan. And that wait was just, just felt like torture, right. um, just to go in and then find out that the baby was healthy. And so I think I was really holding on to a lot of that fear in the back of my mind. I had that fear of, am I going to meet this baby or is something else going to pop up? And so I think that moment when I finally broke down and I let go of those fears and I said, you know, this just, it is what it is. It's going to happen how it happens. It was right after that, that he came down and we were able to break my water. Oh, wow. 
So you so. feel like you, you know, you got it out of your system. You were, you know, you say like, I'm calling out to the Lord. I am asking for help. I don't feel it. And then you had this kind of release and yes, <laughs> maybe a little bit of help. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. And so then once, what made you know that, did you just have a check after that? And your midwife said like, okay, the baby's head is in position at this point, or did you feel movement that told you, okay, I think that a position was just changed. Yes. I went after that. I went into my bathroom just to kind of wash my face off and get myself together and rest by myself for a few minutes. And I heard my doula talking with my midwife and she said, you know, what do we do if the baby's not moving down? And my midwife said, you know, her labor's progressing fine. She's doing fine. Baby's doing fine. She said, um, everything's fine. What I didn't know was she had told my husband, like, you know, we, we don't make this call for her unless baby or her in danger. If she wants, if she thinks she needs to transfer, then that's up to her. Right. But I, I'm so thankful he didn't tell me that. Cause at that point I probably was doubting myself enough to where I would have been like, I don't know that I can do this. Mm -hmm. Um, but at that point I said, you know, can we check again? Can we see what's going on with baby? And then when she checked me, I was like, I think around nine or nine and a half centimeters and baby was right there. So she's like, I can break your water now if you'd like me to. And at that point I was like, yes, yes, let's just go ahead and do that. Please. <laughs> yes. So we did that. And then I got into the birth pool and I was so, I guess you would call it labor land. I was just so not even here. I just remember at one point, um, after I was in there, I was just looking we had purpose to make scripture cards, me and the kids. Um, and I'm so thankful that we did. I had worship music playing and um, had scripture cards hung up and I was staring at them and I was reading them, even though I was having a hard time concentrating. And then my doula and a birth assistant came over and they started reading the cards into my ears, just quietly, just speaking the scriptures over me and praying. And it really just helped me. Um, and it was right then I was like, okay, I think the baby is coming down right now. So I knew that he was going to be there. Oh gosh, that's, that is such a beautiful picture. And after such a long trying labor, especially, you know, I do, I do really feel like when you go through those experiences, earlier on in pregnancy where there's concern and fear and, um, you know, just all of those what ifs and the back and forth, it can leave this mark on you of, of fear and uncertainty. And that certainly can present itself in labor. And it sounds like that's definitely something that you had to really do battle with and, and work through and then release um, just that picture after kind of getting through all of that, is just beautiful. Yes, for sure. And, um, it was an added bonus that I had never voiced it, but we made a playlist of worship music for labor. Um, and there was a song on there that really meant a lot to me. And it just, um, it was called peace be still. And it spoke about, um, I don't want to fear the storm. And that song was what was playing when he was born. And it was just such a beautiful representation to me of the Lord caring for every detail of my birth and taking care of every detail, even down to the song that just meant so much to me throughout my whole pregnancy. And then um, while I was going through labor to have that playing in the background while he was born, it was just beautiful. Mm. 
That is, that is absolutely beautiful. And when he was born, where were you still in the birth pool at that point? Yes. And my oldest, um, my daughters had wanted to be in there when he was born and I was fine with that. Um, and the rest of the kids were playing, but I didn't realize that while I was <laughs> in my own little land there, that all of the children had come in except for my oldest son. He had, you know, he was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to go in there. <laughs> and so he hung back, but, um, all the children were there and the way that I delivered, I was able to, um, sit somewhat like with one leg under me and one leg up and the kids were on the one side and behind the pool. So it was nice. Cause I typically, you know, I wouldn't want them all there. I'm more of like a modest mom in that respect, but you don't need um, them all up in my face. <laughs> yes, exactly. So my husband had said afterwards, it was really good. Like the way that my body just guided right into that position. Cause they could not see anything. But then as soon as he was born, they could just see him come up out of the water. Oh, so what a, just a beautiful experience. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. And, and the fact that, you know, you didn't even really realize that they were all there, but all of these family members got to be a part of welcoming the newest member. That's beautiful. Yes. And um, so when he was born, did, did you guys know that it was a boy? Yes. We had found out that he was going to be a boy. Oh. Um, so we knew but it was very exciting just seeing his face after all that time. And just immediately, we just felt so much gratitude and just thank the Lord just because, you know, like I said, we had battled those thoughts of, will we get to meet this baby? Yes. Um, so we call him our little miracle baby. There are so many prayers prayed for him. And so many times where it just seemed like our pregnancy was almost like doomed is what it felt like. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh. And then, and then there he was. Yes. Oh, so. wow. That's amazing, Taylor. And what, what has your postpartum, you know, experience been like this, the seventh time around? Um, it's been really good. This was my best. Um, I feel like my best recovery. We really took the time for that. Um, I've never had any tears or needed any stitches, thankfully. Um, so he was nine pounds, six ounces. And so he was a big boy, but, um, I was very thankful during the delivery process that my mind just focused on, okay, slow down and breathe. And, you know, you don't want to just tear or something. And so, um, I didn't have to deal with any of that with recovery, but I did. I took the whole first week. Um, my husband took two weeks off work. We're very thankful that he was able to do that. And so, um, I took the whole first week and just spent it laying around. And then I took the whole, the next three weeks, the first month, just to do minimal things around the house and relied on my husband a lot to do um, a lot of the tasks around the house when he would get home. And I just spent that time keeping the baby on my chest and just really focused on that. Um, with my sixth, I did, I did struggle with some postpartum depression and I'm not sure where it came from. I didn't have a great recovery period. Um, my husband went back to work a lot sooner and life was just really busy at that time and some stressful things. And so, um, I really focused on trying to keep my health a priority so that I can serve my family better and not get to that point where I felt overwhelmed and, um, felt that depression creeping in. And so this time has been totally different and it's just been, it was just such a blessing to take that time at the beginning to really focus on resting and recovering. 
Right. Yes. That is so amazing. I do feel like those first few weeks can be so critical in that postpartum journey, you know, even months down the road. And it, it doesn't always work out. Like you said, with your sixth, you know, life circumstances sometimes just really make it difficult to get that rest period. But when it does happen, it it can really stave off. I think a, a decent amount of those issues that we, you know, come into contact with and can face in that postpartum period. Yes, for sure. Oh, that's amazing. So you guys are back to the uh, homeschool life. You've got everything up and going at this point. Yes, we do. Slowly but surely, we made it back to our full schedule and um, baby just joins us at the table a lot of times. He's what we call a little Velcro baby. He wants to be right with you all at all times. So... I have a two-year-old like that. Yes. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing, Taylor. What a, what a beautiful and, you know, difficult, but redemptive birthing story. That is just an incredible story. Thank you. It really was. It, it really was just a testimony to us of God's goodness and care for us over the months and then his birth and everything just felt like it really was just just beautiful. Oh, that's amazing. Well, Taylor, thank you so much for coming on the happy home birth podcast and sharing your story with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. What a lovely story. Let's head into this week's episode roundup. I first want to point out how deeply the events of our pregnancies can impact our births. Taylor realized in the throes of labor that she was still holding on to fears that had been with her from the early days of her pregnancy as well as the middle. These stressful experiences and uncertainties reared their heads as she fought to bring her baby forth in labor. It took the release of these events to truly help her baby get into position for birth. And number two, how wonderful to hear of Taylor's midwife's wisdom. Though she felt confident that breaking Taylor's water would speed up labor, as did Taylor, her midwife knew that doing this before baby was in a quality position was not at all a good idea and did not recommend it, instead attempting positions to help baby shift into a better place. And finally, how wonderful to be surrounded by a birth team who truly knows you and recognizes what you need. The picture of Taylor's doula and birth assistant coming over to read scripture over her was such a gorgeous vision. Choosing the right people to be with you in labor makes such an important impact. Alrighty, before we head out, can I ask you to head to Apple Podcasts? If you're loving this show, could you support us by leaving a five-star rating and review? It's an easy, free way to support the mission of Happy Home Birth. Okay, my friends, that's all I've got for you today. I will see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.